0: It's my distinct pleasure to present to you Joe Ostrowski, Knights on 670 The Score 2.13 to go, snap back, extra tacker, full stepping up, throwing deep to Anthony uh. Miller, he completed the 5 Had Miller for a moment, he overthrows him And the Bears turn it over on downs with 2.04 to go in the game Did you
1: see big Bows at the end of the game? Laying there like the old John Madden game He didn't even get up, I said look at this Yeah I know, what a waste of 3 hours and 10 minutes, you know
0: <laughs> Frustration kind of overflowing down here on the Bears' sideline. Allen Robinson just came over here and just whipped his helmet at the bench.
2: He's like a uh, high school offense. I mean, what, what, you can't run the ball. Stop running it. Exploit them on the secondary, dude. They, they can't make adjustments to what Minnesota was doing. Snap back.
0: Here's Bray. Got to fire to their side to no one in particular, and it goes out of bounds on fourth down and ten, and that will end the game. The Ryan Pace issue, it, to me right now, he's kind
1: of Morton to Jerry Angelo, dominant on one side of the ball, and seriously inefficient and unsatisfactory on the other side of the ball. George McCaskey, get up out of your seat.
2: Start cleaning house now, dude, because you're going to have nobody going to your games next year. You already lost $100 million. Hey, Chad, oh, Remember when we were 5-1? I do remember. It doesn't <laughs> seem like that long ago, does it? That was awesome. Anyway, no. Like, seriously, you're not some kid in a basement in Des Moines playing f- Madden. Like, you're not.
0: Joe Ostrowski, we couldn't live without Joe Ostrowski. Night six to ten. That being said, I hate Joe Ostrowski. On six seventy, the score. So what are they doing, Joe? What are they doing?
3: In a good mood? Hope you are. I'm in a great mood. How could I not be? Now I'm doing the Theo Epstein show. That was not the plan. I'm getting mad, just like you guys last night watching the Bears. I was dead wrong on that. I thought they were going to win the game. Everything was pointing to them winning the game. You just had to score one offensive touchdown to win the game. Couldn't do it. Unbelievable. Boy, this organization inept top to bottom. Wow. We want one thing to blame. That makes it easy for all of us. That ain't it. That ain't it. We've seen it before when it's bad, and we can only change so much. We can talk about changing so much. It's a waste of our breath to talk about the ownership of the president never, ever leaving. But look past past that roster, guys. Look way past that roster. I've been telling you for years, and I've been known as a Ryan Pace hater. You tell me. What do you think? You tell me. It's funny with the, the play calling change. Like Bill Lazor wasn't involved in the first nine weeks of the year. Like he wasn't involved. Like he wasn't in those meetings. Here comes a fresh guy, new set eyes. It's all gonna be different, right? Right. Uh, welcome in. Good evening. Hope you're enjoying your Tuesday evening. Just a few minutes into it, it's gonna get a lot better. Joe Ostrowski with you till ten. Sports Radio six seventy. The Score. Keep this number handy. Here's how you can call Jordan Malley, and he'll put you on the air, or you can just text us if you prefer to communicate that way and respond in that manner. 312-644-6767, 312-644-6767, available on the Twitter as well. What are they doing with Fleet? Are you trying to become Instagram? There's another thing that pissed me off today. (laughs) At Joe0670 over there, at Joe0670, executive producer Jordan Malley. Uh, So it dawned on me earlier today that right now, just after 6 o'clock, what is it, 6.05 here in Chicago? Let's not talk about what's going to happen Friday, Bo. Um, let's talk about what's going on right now. We are in the midst of a 48-hour stretch that could be a watershed moment for the pro teams, the three most popular professional sports organizations in this town. Not trying to be hot take guy, not trying to be an alarmist, but seriously, think about what's going on right now with the three biggest revenue generators in this city. And when they're good, they are by far the most popular. We all know Bears and Cubs one, too. But when they're good, Bulls, please. When there's no sports going on. Remember what we were doing? Talking about the last dance again and again. Every scene. <laughs> In the last dance, when the Bulls are good, when D. Rose was in his prime and healthy, everybody was all in on the Bulls. Everybody. And we are at the midway point right now. As you're listening, and I'm talking, unless you're listening via podcast or the radio.com app, these is a the rewind feature later tonight or on Wednesday. What we saw on Monday night, the news that came down late this morning, and what's going to go on tomorrow evening with the Bulls? Start with the Bears. When they were 5-1, and one, even you knew they were a very fraudulent 5-1. and one. A couple plays away from being a 3-win team right now. And maybe even worse. Maybe even worse. But instead of getting swept up in the emotion of being right there with Green Bay atop the NFC North, you guys get a lot of credit. Because even you, the Bears fan, was like, okay, yeah, we're 5-1, and one, but we've had a quarterback change, not because of health. And they're not putting up points, and we're going these long stretches like half a game at a time where they fail to get into the end zone. Here's one thing that we do know about this organization. The Bears... Do not like to be the butt of a joke. We've witnessed a lot of losing over the years. Way too much of it. That's why I laugh when I hear them talk about their tradition. They were doing it again last night, a Monday Night Football over on ESPN, because I'm sure that's what the Bears love to see. We all know that. They love to talk about their tradition. Well, the winning tradition hasn't been going on for like a half a century, if we're being honest. Bears don't like to be embarrassed. They do not like that. And I know some people have talked about this today. Dan Bursi was talking about um, that that Packers loss. I heard him checking in about that. But when we knew Trustman was gone, when it was over, when you had those back-to-back routes, the Bears on the wrong end of it. I don't think any of us expect this to be a winning season right now. So, in Ryan Pace's tenure... That would mean one winning season in six years. We've got the Packers twice still. Twice. The next time you see the Bears, if you choose to watch, it might be a nationally televised game against the Green Bay Packers. It might be. They could flex out of that. Here's what we've seen in the three national TV spots this year. Tampa Bay, L.A. Rams, Minnesota – How'd the Bears score last night aside from the field goals? Hey, hey, Neggy, how about going for the long field goal so you can cover the point spread for us at least, huh? How about that? The Patterson return. Couldn't get into the end zone on offense. And the way things were going, not a big surprise. L.A. Rams, they scored one touchdown. That was on defense. And last night, didn't you find yourself again in a very familiar but uncomfortable position. We've got to score on defense or special teams. Last night, scored a touchdown on special teams. Against the Rams, scored a touchdown on defense. They can't do it offensively. The last two games on Monday night and in primetime overall, they have not gotten into the end zone. In fact, The last time they got into the end zone on offense in a primetime game was the second quarter against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Remember that flurry of two touchdowns and all of a sudden the game flipped? The last ten quarters, the Bears have been unable to score a touchdown on offense in national TV spots. I think that's pretty embarrassing. I don't know. I think it's pretty embarrassing. Five and one. Two, five, and five. And the nation is watching you last night saying the stink. Bears are so bad. This is the worst game I've ever watched. Were they wrong? There's no defending what we were watching. I want those three hours of my life back. I think you do too. And when I heard a lot of people say, well, it's 5-1, and one, everybody's safe. At the time, I knew exactly what you were talking about. But another part of the narrative was, well, even if they struggle down the stretch and they, they're not as lucky and they start to lose a lot of these games, if they go 8-8, eight and eight, they're probably still safe coming up in an 8-8 eight eight season, Matt Nagy not having a losing year in his three seasons. My response has always been, and it still is right now as we sit here going into the buy with a 5-5 five and five team. Let it play out. Let's see what it looks like. Because this is an organization, again, that does not like to be embarrassed. Right now, they've got to be embarrassed. I don't know that they would make a move with the general manager and or the head coach right now. But they're embarrassed. And if it continues, Green Bay twice, Minnesota again, Jacksonville, Houston, Detroit. If you even take in a little bit of the NFL outside of the Bears, you know that Jacksonville and Houston are two of the worst teams in the NFL. I know they hung with the Packers. Packers were not interested. When they decided they wanted to win the game, they won the game. What have they lost, seven or eight in a row now? Some guy named Jake Luton is their starting quarterback. You lose one of those Packers games in blowout fashion, you lose to Jacksonville or Houston. I mean, I just labeled off, what, we got six games left? Two and four is possible. If you go from five and one to seven and nine, Nobody believes they're going to be the Packers or one of those two games, right? So now the other four we're talking about going two-and-two. Two. Minnesota, Jacksonville, Houston, Detroit. Say so you go five and one to seven and nine. Now we're talking about in the last ten games of this year, you went two and eight. And the games you did win when you had that nice five-and-one start, and we wanted to have our virtual parade in this city, you were lucky. Maybe you go seven and nine. And it's a lucky 7-9. and nine. So really, you're a 4-5 or five wing team. So what's going to happen the following year? What do you think? Let it play out. Let's see what it looks like. We don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback when they take on the Packers next. Or you go 2-8. The last 10 games after a 5-1 start. Isn't everything on the table? It certainly should be. So maybe what we saw last night was the start of changing George's mind. Saying, okay, now this is a possibility. We might have to move on from Ryan Pace, even though I like the guy. He has one year left under his contract. And I'm not going to force a head coach on a new GM if we want to get a legit guy in here. So maybe everything's on the table. Let it play out. You go 7-9, and 8-8, eight and eight, it should all be on the table. We remind you that they, that when to get to number 8 last year came against the Vikings' Sean Mannion, and when you start to look at all the quarterbacks that they ended up beating, a whole lot of backups. They earned those victories, but a whole lot of backups. bunch of guys not playing in the league right now. So maybe last night The start of that watershed moment for the Bears organization. Joe Ostrowski with you, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Cubs news pops late this morning about Theo Epstein. That was a surprise. The timing was a surprise. I wasn't floored, though. I wasn't floored. i got to be honest. Because I thought this always made sense. Once it became apparent that Theo Epstein, at most, was going to be here one more season... And the state of this roster and what they're going to do with all these contracts and these veterans. And then we get the report over the weekend, Buster Olney saying that they are open to moving any veteran. And I think they've probably felt that way over the last couple of years. Like Now they're talking about Baez as a possibility, no matter what they said. I don't think many of you believe that Baez could possibly be moved. Now he's on the table just like Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Wilson Contreras, Anthony Rizzo. What happened to the core four? Could all be gone. Well, if you're going to do a teardown, I don't know what they plan on doing. But if you're going to, what's the point in keeping Hendricks? When you expect to be good again, where is he going to be? Isn't that contract going to be about up? And maybe you eat some of that money on you, Darvish. Once you go down that road, aren't you going to be all in? Or are you just going to do it halfway and hope you can kind of compete when fans are back allowed at the stadium? So we have a changing of the guard, sort of, sort of. I think we all knew nine years ago when Jed Hoyer was brought in that eventually he was going to take over for Theo Epstein. What's the point of keeping Theo here if he's contemplating the next move in his life? Probably some security. It makes you feel better. But is that really the right thing? For him to make big personnel decisions that is going to impact this team for at least the next five years, maybe more. But then he's not going to be a part of it. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So I thought this was very logical. The move that the Cubs made. They, they went out there and they answered the questions today. And we're going to bring you uh, that press conference this evening. But he said, you know, it did not have anything to do with money. And so there are wild rumors going everywhere. He's told people apparently that he is not going to be in baseball in 2021, but we'll see. Cause it sounds like the Mets and Phillies are going to make a hard sell other organizations. Now come save us, Theo. You're already going to the Hall of Fame. You have three rings. You did it in Boston. You did it with the Cubs. The unthinkable with both of those teams. And by the way, the Red Sox kept winning after Theo left with his roster. So what's going to happen with the Cubs? Could be a watershed moment for them. Theo Epstein now gone. And when I heard, when I saw the press release, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I'm not shocked by this news. And then listening to it, and Lawrence Holmes is resetting in the middle of the press conference today on the score, and he's saying the final press conference for Theo Epstein with the Cubs. That's when it kind of hit me. So we've got the bears. All the way at the top, are they embarrassed? Are they now contemplating a big move? The Cubs, Theo Epstein's out. The transition to Jed Hoyer and company. Do we know the general manager? Big moment today. And then, 24 hours from now, what's going to happen with the Bulls? They have the four. What's Arturis Karnaschovas going to do? Is he going to strike gold? He's done it in the past. His first pick. Is it going to be number four overall? He said all the right things publicly, but we truly have no idea how he feels about the roster that he's inherited. We have no clue. Are they going to make a trade to move into the top three? He said it's a three-player draft. Is he playing all of us for fools? A lot of draft experts I've heard from, they agree with him that it is. all jordan malley my executive producer this evening jordan you're a big Lamelo guy you host the locked on bulls podcast i'm not giving you lamello perfect case scenario what is it for you which player in the draft do they walk away with
4: if they stay at four i think it's denny denny you can do a lot more things with at four his value makes a lot of sense at four reaching on a guard there. I think they can find a trade moving down. So I would say Denny at four, should it go chalk one through three?
3: Is there another guy not named LaMelo that you would move up for? Would you move up for Wiseman?
4: Only, only in the case that they're planning on trading Lowry or Carter or a combination of either one of those guys to get a star. Like if you're keeping Levine here and your trade bait is marketing or Carter, and Wiseman's the guy, and you feel like you can add a wing two on top of that, or another guard. Maybe that's something they think about more more, more difficultly than they did over the last couple of weeks. Don't you
3: think we're, we're just coming from a place where we, we we thought we were stuck with guard packs for the rest of our lives as Bulls fans? I feel that no matter what the Bulls do, there's going to be excitement. And then our tourists will not be second-guessed because he ha- he hasn't done anything here yet. So it's going to be po- a lot of positivity.
4: Definitely. I think uh, yeah. I think people aren't going to question him either. Like Unless they make something really ridiculous, like they take Patrick Williams at four, then I think you start getting some question marks. The c- guy from Florida State that everybody's been so high on for the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, man, I think that anything that they do tomorrow night and the leading coming weeks, I think people will be pretty pleased with it. And we'll be patient, too.
3: It's going to be a lot of fun. And you know what what, what else we'll be doing? We'll be betting on it. (laughs) So I have some questions for you before I get out of here at 10 o'clock tonight. I know you're paying close attention to all the rumors, and there's a lot of smoke uh, with all this stuff. So, again, where I began with all of this, we are at the midway point right now. This 48-hour stretch of what could be a watershed moment for the three most popular, the three revenue generators – Organizations in Chicago. Monday night, what happened with the Bears on the field. Late this morning, the Cubs announcement with Theo Epstein. And whatever happens tomorrow night with the Bulls. Maybe they add a superstar. Maybe they move up into the top three. I have no idea. None of us know Karnaschovas. We don't know his tendencies at all. It doesn't sound like anybody knows what's going to happen. So that's going to be a a big surprise. Maybe they land a star. Maybe they move one of their uh, highest paid players right now. So my question to you, because I don't think we could possibly say which team is closest, which team is furthest away from getting out of this. I have an opinion on this. You, You knew I did, right? I want to hear from you as well. 312 644 67 67 312 644 67 67 I think it's actually a pretty clear cut. This is a big couple of days here for these three teams. Bears, Cubs, and Bulls. So which team is furthest away from getting out of this? 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. You've got Joe Ostrowski. This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and the Radio.com app.
0: This is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, Chicago sports station. I
1: know we hear a lot of things about us being the worst 5 and one team and, you know, this and that, but I think that it's just an opportunity for us to go out there and show um, that, you know, we belong where we are and it's a reason that we won five games it's not just by luck.
0: Where do you hear that you're the worst five and one team?
1: Oh man, it's all over. You know, you've been seeing it all over the internet. You know, you see. I watch. Uh, you know, I watch get up, uh, get up. You know, Good Morning Football and stuff like that. Man, I think that we are the we we are the most talked about five and one team. Man, I don't think that people truly give us give us our respect. Man, you look at these power rankings, and you know, you're taught not to pay attention to those things. And obviously, we don't care. But you know, we hear, and uh, so. You know, at the end of the day, man, five wins is five wins, man. I'd rather be sitting at being the best five and one team than being the best one and five. The team. lie
0: detector test determined that was a lie. Ah! Take care.
3: Well, let me tell you, I got something to say about it. I'm watching Good Morning Football. Get up. <laughs> Tayshawn Gibson. Of the Bears. Was that our guy, Pat Finley? Where do you hear this? Where, where are you hearing this, Tayshaun? Um, I don't know. Your newspaper. <laughs> I understand. Got to get him on record. Want to hear what he had to say, what the response was. We don't care. We don't even notice it. But, you know, you keep seeing it. Where do you see it? Get up? Good morning football? The internet? But I don't think about it. Love that. So question on the table tonight. We're at a big point right now, or could be a big point in Chicago sports. Maybe a turning point between the Bears, the Cubs, and the Bulls. I'm not going to ask you which which team is closest to a championship. Well, one of the reasons is because <laughs> I still think it's the White Sox. But, you know, they've had a delay over the last couple of months. What's going on with Tony Larusa? I, I think a bit of a stumbling block there. They'll win a lot of games. I'm not sure about a championship, but that roster is certainly ready. Or I think it will be, after free agency at least question is which team is furthest away. I think it's a no doubter. It's the team we were watching last night. They're the furthest away. And yeah, they're just on the outside looking in in the playoff race. And Seattle would get that last wild card spot. Seahawks with a six and three record. Bears five and five. But we know the real deal. And is sneaking into the postseason with a first round loss okay with you? Losing to the two seed if you're the seven? But I think most of us believe today that the season's over for them. But it's the Bears. They're the furthest away. They don't have the quarterback. They have no answers. They failed every which way. They've moved up in the draft and traded to tra- with a trade, and they've selected one. With the second overall pick, and we know what happened there. They've spent money in free agency, a complete whiff, and they've traded for one and missed on Nick Foles. But don't tell the coaching staff, because he's clearly the best guy on the roster because he knows my system. So they don't have a quarterback, the most important position in sports. We don't know if they have a head coach. Leaning no. I lean more than most, but some believe he can be a, a great CEO. Whatever that means. I think being a great CEO of a football team means you have some game management skills, which Matt Nagy does not possess.
4: Joe, you remember the last time a, a Chicago team named a coach uh, their CEO?
3: <laughs> well, since it's you jumping on, ready to go, but I guess it's the Bulls because he, he, Jim Boylan was doing what he's told, right?
4: You seen that movie? Absolutely. He was the bull. Like, that's still. I can't can't even get it out with Bulls CEO Jim Boylan. That doesn't work. I'm doing what I'm
3: told. Meanwhile, let me backstab Fred Hoiberg. (laughs) I coach by faith. But the Bears don't have the general manager for damn sure. They don't have the quarterback. And I don't think they have the head coach. And are they close to changing any of that? I don't know. At least the Bulls. They got a head coach we can get behind. They have a front office that we believe in. Love the front office they've put together. We'll see if it works out. There's some hope there, even though they haven't brought in a player. It starts at the top. They made ch- changes at the top, which is pretty amazing when you think about it because it is a Reinsdorf-run show. Cubs. Well, Theo's been here a long. I mean, Theo. Well, Jed's been here a long time, and we think they're going to make deals. I don't know. I don't know. Are our, our teams going to be willing to trade young talent, young, cheap talent, right now? Doesn't sound like it to me. So, veteran players that they want to move. But the Bears are the furthest away. Absolutely. And if they keep the guys at the top, and I'm talking more so about the general manager, they keep him, zero. Zero faith that he can get them out of this quarterback mess. And without that, you're not going anywhere. Okay, you'll win your share of regular season games, uh, low scoring. Yeah, that's a great way to win in 2020. you win your share of those games. But as far as being a true contender, ain't happening. 312 644 67 67. 312 644 67 67. Michael in LaGrange, you're on 670. The score with Joe Ostrowski.
2: Hey, Joe, how are you doing?
4: Hey, Michael. So, the way that I look at the Bears, it's like the Bulls are trying to dig themselves out of their way now. They're approaching apathy, and that's the worst thing as a sports fan. I don't yeah. believe a word that the GM says. I don't believe a word that the coach says. I don't believe a word that the quarterback says. You know, you see, oh, I picked the pick the bears. What game are you watching? You know, I'm watching a Monday night football game and I'm scrolling through my phone and laughing at the offense. Like national televised game against a division rival and I don't care. And why should any of us care? Because it's not like you said, it's not gonna change as long as those those at the top and may may we go as far as ownership. Are we gonna go are we gonna go anywhere with this current ownership? But you know what, they're never, why would you sell a business that's going to continue to make money regardless of performance? It just, I've seen this movie too many times before.
3: Thank you, Michael. Three, less than three yards per play. If you don't follow that metric, if you don't know what number's good, well, typically the top of the league is in your seven range. Your Chiefs, even your Vikings offense, they're up there around seven. And the worst, mid fours the bottom jets dead last in the nfl in yards per play with 4.5 the bears yards per play on third and fourth downs last night kirk cousins oh here's an easy narrative this guy can't win on monday night just can't play look sunday night football earlier this year had the lead Gave it up to the Seahawks. You know what Kirk Cousins did on third down last night? 10 for 11 149 yards, and two touchdowns. The only thing we're missing is, you like that? That's all. That was it. It was a bad night for Matt Nagy. He ended off play-calling duties in the worst game of the year, but it was still a bad night. Your offense doesn't work. Okay, great. You change it up. Then what happened? Against a bad defense. That's how awful this entire situation is. The matchups don't matter. If you're average to below average, you can expose your opponent's weakness. That's what the average to below average offenses do. They can't even do that. Going against the Titans last week... And the Vikings last night. You couldn't get into the end zone. If you scored one offensive touchdown, you probably win the football game. One. And you can't do it. Hmm. Bill Capitol Hill checks in now on Sports Radio 670. The score with Joe Ostrowski. Hello, Bill.
2: Hey, Bill. Um, as a lifelong Chicago fan, I, like, I really appreciate you opening up the phone lines to which team sucks the most. I feel like that should replace the piece <laughs> of the mask, right? Like, um, I mean, you, you can do all sort of like, you know, prayers for the dead and all that right in the middle of it. Um, I, I hear what you're saying about the Bears, and I don't follow football, so maybe I'm handicapped here. But mm-hmm. um, if I were uh, a betting man or I had the ear of one, I might be worried about the Cubs the most. Uh, Because to my untrained eye, that looks like a team that's having a cash crunch right now, right? And um, it's not just the purported sell-off that's pending and the retirement of Theo Epstein. Um, I mean, all those, like, there's sort of a ready excuse for that. But you saw a few weeks ago that they sort of slashed their scouting department. Yeah. Um, Which, like, that feels like a canary in the coal mine. And the other thing is, um, we know for a fact that the Ricketts family, who are like who make the McCaskeys look like geniuses, um, that like they they're heavily heavily leveraged in this takeover of the Cubs, right? That like uh, they own the team and they've developed the real estate around it, um, but a lot of it is through loans. In other words, like they're in heavily in debt. And meanwhile, um, on the first year that they're going to execute. Ah, uh, you know, like on the first year that, that they basically come through that whole plan, right? That they're they're ready to sort of execute. Now we've made our investments. Um, they lose something like two thirds of their revenue stream um, because you know most teams. I mean, teams either make money through merchandise, they make it through TV deals, yeah. or they make it through through gate. And the Cubs have lost two of those in the form of the marquee network, which I mean, like I'm sure that was a little bit of cash. Um, but, I mean, that's now sunk cash, right? It's already probably spent and committed. And meanwhile, you know, unlike unlike the team on the south side, like they're not dependent on gate in the same way. So I wouldn't be stunned, for instance, to learn in the days ahead, and I may even know reporters who are working on this story, like the Cubs may be looking out for a little extra cash help. Um, so – and we remember, like me, we
3: remember early, early on, like this, maybe April, May, one of the first owners to go public and cry poor was Ricketts.
2: Well, no, and he, like, and the thing, is, the truth is, the guy's a real wanker, right? I mean, there's no getting around that. Um, I mean, they, they are like Central Casting upper class, class Twitter of the year, but like, just even looking again, like looking at it from the outside, um, that's a team that like. Uh, the Cardinals may be another. There's, I think there's a bunch of teams in the in, in the major leagues right now that are, even if they're not, if, even if the long-term prognosis is, okay, we'll weather this, like they've got a cash crunch in the meantime. Yep. And look, I mean, the, the, the thing of it is, for me, um, it's another indictment of the Sox for hiring La Russa, right? Because <laughs> along comes Steve Cohen, the, the nemesis of Jerry Ryan, uh, <laughs> Jerry Ryan. <Rensler, laughs> Right, and so like, yeah. you you laugh, Joe, you heartless bastard. But I mean, I'm just like, <laughs> like we're gonna wa- we're gonna watch like interleague games, and we're gonna wonder why Mets pitchers are throwing so close inside against the Sox, and it's because Reinsdorf did everything to keep Cohen out, and now he's you know like by all appearances he's doing everything he can to hire the Epstein and and run like a grown up organization. Uh huh. Um, and, you know, like he's like that, that's a team that is well positioned to come eat the White Sox lunch just as they like the White Sox should be the terror of the league. And instead, you know, they, they hired a 76 year old drunk racist. So, I mean, not that there's not a lot of that going around in our Republic, but anyway, so <laughs> I, I my best on the Cubs, you know, and may peace be with you. God bless you, brother. Thank you, Bill. I always appreciate you
3: checking in and listening and being part of the show And I I have a sneaking suspicion what I think Bill would like to see Theo Epstein do in the next stage in his life. But hey, think of it this way. Uh, The Mets and Phillies have been talked about. They're going to try and land Theo Epstein, of course. If not this year, maybe next. They're in the National League. So you don't have to worry about those two teams. You only have to worry about them if they're stealing a potential free agent or if you're facing off against them in the World Series. And that is all. Uh, very good stuff. 312-644-6767. 6, yeah, we can simplify it. Which which organization is the worst? Which one's furthest away? But um, it's going to be fascinating. Now the Bulls are next. So on Monday night, maybe we have the turning point when the McCaskey say, okay, we were 5-1. We thought everybody was safe, trending up. Uh-uh. Now we're 5-5. Five we still have the Packers twice. We've been embarrassed back-to-back games in the national spotlight on Monday night football, unable to score an offensive touchdown. And the Bears are the furthest away. Cubs moving on from Theo, or Theo moving on from the Cubs. And we'll see what the Bulls end up doing tonight. Tomorrow, should say, which was tonight. That's the number you call. You text at 7 o'clock. We'll go through some of the most important stuff that Theo Epstein and Tom Ricketts had to say earlier today. This is Joe Ostrowski on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app.
1: My answer is... Uh,
0: this is Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670TheScore.com. Chicago
1: Sports Station. I think it's a good idea to add a quarterback every year, you know? And sometimes that's going to be in the upper rounds. Sometimes that might be later rounds or College for Agency. I mean, I I played with Tony Romo at Eastern Illinois, so I know what you can do in College for Agency there. So, uh, you know, I think it's a critical position. And uh, because of that, you take you can take a swing every the year. Your
2: detector it. test
0: determined that was a lie. Ah! why do we still have Tyler Bray?
3: Why? Why aren't you developing a quarterback? Why have you drafted one over six years? Six drafts. Quarterback has always been an issue, and you've selected one, Ryan Pace. That's just a situation. I'm going to say what the people want to hear.
0: Way to go, Ryan Pace.
3: Yeah, you suck. Joe Ostrowski with you. Sports Radio 670. The score. Call or text 312 6767 847-TEXTER. Joe, am I correct that the Bears have been an underdog in every game this season? Correct. Incorrect. Uh, Jordan Malley, EP tonight. How many games have the Bears been a favorite in out of 10?
4: Who? Uh, I'm going to say Four. Lower. Two? Lower. <laughs> they were only favored in one game? Which one game? game,
3: Giants. Wow. It's the only game the Bears have been a favorite. They were 5-1 one at one point, and the only game they've been favored to win is the Giants game.
4: That is absolutely insane. That tells you even with a number one defense like the uh-huh. Bears have, you don't have a quarterback, good luck winning games consistently. Exactly.
3: Exactly. <laughs> I know, man. 219, uh, Bears are the furthest away. No franchise quarterback or offensive line. Yeah, there's that. I mean, the offensive line, so I was taking a look at it earlier today. And we all know that they haven't addressed it. And at no time in the pace regime have we looked at the O-line and said, okay, they're set, they're ready to go. There aren't any weaknesses there. They're good if they stay healthy. I said, good. I mean, maybe, if healthy, at times they've been average. But in the 2020 draft, last two picks, ah, just take a couple offensive linemen, take a flyer. That's not how you build your offensive line. Go look around the league. See how many seventh-round draft picks are starting every week and doing a good job. 2019, they did not use a pick on the offensive line. 2018, they used a second-round pick on James Daniels. Good job. 2017, last pick. Jordan Morgan. That was a fifth-round pick. So in 2020, he's the two last picks. 2017, he used the last pick, which is like a nothing. And no picks in 2019. And then we're sitting here shrugging our shoulders. I don't get it. Why, why is the offensive line bad? Here, let's get a bust out from Seattle with a Fetty, who was terrible last night. You still questioning why the offensive line is bad? You can have a couple injuries, and the whole thing is done. Meanwhile, there are other teams with offensive coaches able to scheme some stuff, even though they're missing three to four stars. So, there's no mystery why the offensive line stinks. They haven't addressed the offensive line. It's really that simple. And the trade-ups have been terrible. Trubisky... Floyd, David Montgomery, Anthony Miller. In this era of football and what we see teams do every single year, you're going to trade up for a running back in the third round? There should be four to five options that you like at that point. That's what this guy does. Pace has tunnel vision. And (laughs) there's, there's a lot to go over with Pace, but it's not hard to figure out how the Bears are here. They're 5 and 5, but it feels so much worse. Can make a strong case that they should be 3 and 7, and we should be talking about the top quarterbacks in the draft. That's how bad they've played through 10 games. Wayne, downtown Chicago, you're on Sports Radio 670 The Score.
1: Hey, how you doing?
3: Hey Wayne, what's up?
1: So, I want <laughs> I started wanting to talk <laughs> about Nagy and Pace, right? Uh-huh. But then your last caller struck a chord when he called Tony LaRusso an old white racist. Right now, now I'm a black man, and I think we throw that racist word around way too liberally. And what I mean by that, I think Tony LaRusso was ignorant when it came to the you know, standing for the anthem and not understanding why Colin Kaepernick was kneeling for the anthem. But that doesn't make him a racist. A lot of white people who did not understand that, that does not make them racist.
3: Wait, that I, I will, I will say this. Ignorant. I'm not I'm not calling him a racist, Wayne, but uh-huh. there are there are former players of his that have gone on the record that have suggested that he is. Like I, I th- Ronan Smith one, of, one them. of them. I'm sorry.
1: It was Ozzie, Ozzie Smith, Smith one
3: of them. No, not that I know of. But I've heard former players go on the record and say that he treated Ozzie Smith like trash.
1: But Ozzy Smith hasn't said it.
3: Not that I know of.
1: Okay. So anyway, my other point is that. Cause you know players get jealous, whatever that that goes on, and you know so whatever. But the, my other point is the White Sox have not hired a manager with a winning record, and I don't know, I don't know when. I mean, Robin Ventura, Jerry Manuel, Ozzy. So I, I personally was happy that they finally got a manager who has a history of winning and has won World Series in both leagues. Still is involved in baseball consistently beat the cubs i'm a white side fan as you can tell and so <laughs> because of that i was like what a great hire honestly he's smart he knows the game i mean and all, all of a sudden i'm hearing all this crap about tony la russa as a manager maybe okay i even give it to you as a human being but as a manager stop it that's ridiculous and so that's the first thing. And then back to the Bears. Nagy and uh <laughs> <Pace>, you right. <laughs> They're both bums. And, uh, I mean, anytime you can't tell Patrick Mahomes is a bear than Trubisky, you really have problems. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is with Nagy, his play calling, you don't run the ball at Aaron Donald. I mean, you got to be smart enough to do that. You don't run a fourth and one when you have a new center in the game uh, uh, for your team and a bad offensive line. I mean, come on, man. This isn't hard. So, you know, I quite honest and then I want to ask you a question. Mm. Why is Colin Kaepernick, since we got two injured quarterbacks, not even being talked about? He's think, got I, to be better I, I, I than I think Fred. you know
3: Wayne. I think you know Wayne. Okay.
1: You, I might you know don't that. Think he's I, been I,
3: blackballed? He's absolutely been blackballed. Right? Yeah, but why? Why? It's a long why? conversation. Thank you, Wayne appreciate the phone call because the owners decided he was going to be. That's why. You're right. (laughs) Tyler Bray threw a pass. I think we can call it a pass last night. Yeah, no, 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 no. If you've been saying play Tyler Bray, it can get worse. See that last series of the game? And I know he had no prep time, all that stuff. It can get worse. We've seen worse. Believe it or not. How did Nick Foles win a Super Bowl? That's something I just can't get past. And I know, i watching that Eagles team. I won a lot of money that year. I had a do one ticket on the Eagles to win the Super Bowl. And I wanted to tear it up. I wanted to tear it up when Carson Wentz went down. Remember how great he was that year? Like Nick Foles. And it's like they didn't miss a beat. And everything was perfect around him. They had the great offensive line, the weapons, all of it. Play calling, but still, he's nowhere near that guy anymore. Nowhere near that guy. I still don't know how he won a Super Bowl, and I saw all of it. He out Tom Brady in a high-scoring game. Super Bowl MVP. Where's that guy? Where is it? Makes you point to coaching, doesn't it? 312-644-6767. Joe Ostrowski with you on Sports Radio 670, the score. Coming up next, we're going to go through uh, what happened today with Theo Epstein. If you missed it, whether you're a Cubs fan or just a general baseball fan, even if you're a Southsider into what the White Sox are doing, you're going to want to hear what Theo Epstein had to say. And it was interesting how they, they shut – you notice – Now, I know it was always the plan. It's been the plan for nearly a decade for Jed Hoyer to take over. But they announced that immediately. Like, don't start with the Rick Hunt to the Cubs stuff. Don't start it, because Jed Hoyer's our guy. We'll listen to uh, Theo Epstein next. This is Joe Ostrowski on 670, the score on the radio.com app.